Hello, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. I'm Paul Hunter, Artistic Director of Told by an Idiot, and this is a podcast where I talk to friends and colleagues delving into what made them the person they are today. Hello, and welcome. My guest this month is a dancer, a choreographer, and teacher who has worked consistently in the UK and across the world. He is a regular performer with the award-winning Cape Prince Zoo Nation Company, appearing in shows such as Into the Hoods and The Mad Hatter's Tea Party. He can currently be seen in the acclaimed adaptation of The Matrix, Free Your Mind, directed by Danny Boyle. And he was also the only reason that my son, when he was two years old, would eat his vegetables. More of that <laughs> later. Welcome, Mikey Urita. Hello, how's it going? Oh, it's good. It's great. It's good to see you, Mikey. Really good. And I'm so glad you could join us. And I know you're very busy, so I won't keep you long. I'll, I'll come to why you're busy. Well, I mentioned it in the intro, the, this extraordinary new show that sounds amazing in this extraordinary venue, but we'll come to that later. But what I always do um, at the beginning of these things is kind of start at the beginning, in a way, um, performatively speaking. Um, and I just wondered, what could you remember your first experience of seeing live performance and, and what it was and where it was. I actually do. And it, it's funny you mentioned that because watching a live performance when I was a very young kid was one of the reasons I, I got into dance. And um, I believe the very first one that I can recall is watching Into the Hoods originally at the South Bank Centre with my mum. And I believe it was 2008, around, around that time. And I remember it's the first time I'd seen anything hip hop or anything dance related on stage. And it just blew my mind away. And my mum walked away with the leaflet for for Zoo Nation and for Into the Hoods. And I was on the last page. It said something about classes every Saturday. And then I just kept bugging her uh, to sign me up. And a couple of years later, here we are. Well, more than a couple of years now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. So so you grew up in London, is that right? Yeah, born and raised in South London. Um, I used to watch YouTube videos of, of some dance stuff. But it wasn't anything crazy. And I think that was the first time it clicked in my brain that, wow, this is something that I really want to do. I want to be performing on stage, doing what these amazing dancers are doing. Wow. that's So there was no kind of um, dance in your family, in your background or anything? Uh, so my dad and my uncles used to mess around when they were little, but it wasn't, uh, I think, dance was so um, much of a little thing back in the day. Yeah. So there was less opportunities for dancers. So people did it more as a hobby in their friends groups, um, but it wasn't anything serious. And it was only until up until recently where you start to see it on TV and on stage and in music videos become uh, more of a thing for the world that's been out there. Yeah, that's very interesting that, that, that I suppose, the, which you're very much part of the bigger journey of, of dance for your generation and how and, and how big that's come. We, we will touch on that later. So so you're eight years old, you, you pester your mom and then you, yeah. you you turn up, I assume, on a Saturday morning for a class. What was that first class like? Were you nervous? I, you know, I was nervous. Uh, luckily, when I walked into the room, I saw one of my friends from school in the corner in a lunge position because they were all stretching. And I think <laughs> all my nerves kind of went away because I knew that there was someone there that I could like connect with and, yeah. um, and bond with. So I, was, I didn't feel so much on my own, but it was nerve-wracking. There's so many amazing kids there. And I remember starting at Nation in the beginner's class. And seeing the different classes and the different levels, it was just so inspiring for me. And I, uh, I think it, it touched something in my heart where I wanted to work my way up and just improve and learn as much as possible. So I was a very young kid, very inspired, very much um, small fish in a big pond. And uh, I love the feeling of it. I love the feeling of learning. Ah, that's that's uh, that's amazing. So that first class, like you say, and then 
hopefully you, you met a pal from school and, and everything. So were you continuing to dance outside of the classes? Were you watching things and looking at stuff? And was it was it becoming a bit of a passion for you, I suppose? Yeah, 100%. And I think I was at the age um, and at that point in life where like YouTube was becoming a really big thing. So I used to obviously go to Zunation every Saturday. I used to tell my friends about it at school and I used to like mess around in the playground trying to teach myself how to flip, like really hurting myself, just throwing myself about. But just just that, <laughs> that I want to learn how to do this. So you just do it every day. Um, and then it was, ended up being a thing of um, I would like type in Zunation on YouTube. I would watch all their videos and then that would be recommended to other dance videos. And I will just be trying to absorb as much information. And I remember being a little boy at a screen that, I would stay there for hours watching loads of random dance videos, just be inspired. Well, that's a really, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, I'm a parent and you know my family and you've met my kids and growing up and everything. But that feels to me, you hear so many negative things about people looking at screens or watching, you know, stuff. And, and that seems a really positive way of going, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to keep, I'm going to watch this thing. Yeah. And I'm going to watch what someone does. And then I'm going to go to the playground or the park, and I'm going to try and do that. That's basically what you were doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting, I was getting so much inspiration, and I know there are so many negative connotations of social media and and um, staring at screens nowadays. But there is inspiration to to take from that. Um, and for me, where I was at my life, being such a young kid looking for inspiration and role models, um, anything dance related really like caught me, and I felt like uh, from a young age I knew what I wanted to do, which um, I'm very like. Uh, proud of and very blessed and great to, to have been in that position from a young age yeah that's amazing and also i'm um, obviously I, I i know a little bit but nowhere near the amount that you do i mean intrinsically with, with the hip-hop and everything you're looking at a form that comes out of america aren't we that's the, fundamentally where yeah so when you were watching those videos were a lot of them american dancers or american things or was it a mix of american and british it was a mix of american and british but i would definitely say there was more um there was more to be inspired from from America because it was so much of a bigger thing than it was here at that time. Um, dance in the UK has improved so much over the last 10 years and there are so many more people who have access to it. Um, but I definitely, when I was a bit younger, it was there was a lot of American TV shows that like America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah. So I used to watch all of those seasons and just get inspired. Um, and even stuff like Britain's Got Talent and Got to Dance when I was younger before I actually did it. There was so much inspiration to take from the UK as well. And yeah. um, So you're doing that on a... Uh, on a Saturday, and you're also obviously at school. At what point does it become more of a formed idea for you that this is something that yeah. you could do? Because I'm always interested in that point when I speak to actors or directors or were you a dancer. Uh, what is the point where someone goes, maybe this is what I could do? It, it doesn't have to just be a hobby. Where did that start to happen for you? That's an interesting question. I think. Starting off as classes in the beginners class and intermediate class, it was it was about training and it was about learning. This is something I wanted to push for. Um, I think after a certain point, you start to get those performance opportunities like the Zunation Christmas show, and you get that feeling of being on stage. And once you get to like advance, you become part of the youth company. There's so much more performance opportunities out there, um, and I think that really like lit something in my heart, and it made me feel like I want to do this. Also, seeing my teachers performing on stage or performing on TV, it gave me something to aspire to and something to try to work my way towards. Like there was a career path, you can see the journey of it. I think that's worth saying for those people who don't know. I think that's, and, and obviously I'll come to my son Dexter and his journey as well and our journey of meeting you. But I think it's worth saying, I think what you describe it brilliantly, I think what Zoom Nation are fantastic at, at is 
is that sense of giving not 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 young people not just an opportunity but a sense that things are possible yeah and i think what i love is and you mentioned those christmas shows and we as a family love them obviously we went to see dexter when he was little but those christmas shows at the place theater where it wasn't just about the kids it was a mix of very experienced dancers down to the littlest kids yeah it was a whole evening where everything was mixed together and i I think that's quite unique and I can absolutely understand why that's inspiring to think, well, maybe this is possible. I, as I progress and move through these different kind of levels, I suppose it is possible. Yeah. But I'm always aware when I talk to you and when I see you and brilliantly, we're going to see you again soon briefly with that. We bring Get Happy back. I'll come to that in a minute. There, There is something obvious about what you do, which is a very tangible skill, which you have to learn and you have to you know, keep learning. Because obviously, if I tried to do what you do very quickly, the audience realise he can't do that. So it's a it's a bit like it's a bit like music. I think when someone plays an instrument, you know what I mean. It's a it's tangible. You see it. But what I love about the work I've seen you do, and indeed Zoo Nation, is not just the skill which is there, but the kind of spontaneity and the pleasure and the enjoyment that's wrapped up in in that. Can you talk a little bit about those two things, the the technique and and the pleasure, I suppose. Yeah, I think the technique uh, is obviously very important. The higher level you wanna you wanna be as a dancer or as an artist or as a creative, um, so you definitely want to spend those hours training and improving te- that technique with repetition and understanding. Um, but on the complete opposite side of the coin, it has to be a passion for you to wanna to improve your technique. You wanna have a passion and joy and love for doing it. Um, I think it's the for me the the best way to describe it is when you're out and you hear a song that you like. Your body naturally moves, even if it's a head bob or you tap your foot. There's something that about that music that inspires you and takes over your body. So I think for dancers, it's a very similar thing. You, if you're most dancers, if you put them, if you put them in a position where there's music playing and they're in a good space, you're going to see them move a little bit. And I think it's that inspiration of there has to be a balance of yes, I want to be technically better and technically skilled, but at the same time, I need to enjoy moving and enjoy uh, trusting my body and in the way it interprets music. That's a brilliant description. That is, yeah, that's really spot on. That's I'm really thought a bit about that, but that that's brilliant. <laughs> so, um, so we move forward to to when I first encountered you uh, uh, with the, yeah. our show Get Happy and. And actually, it, it was purely by chance. It wasn't that we were looking for a performer like you from your background. I had an idea around this, uh, creating a family sketch show, and I, and I, that yeah. was my initial idea. And purely by chance, we, as a family, went along to the South Bank Centre to see Zoo Nation uh, do uh, Groove On Down the Road, the version yeah. of Wizard of Oz. And um, and, and you were in it. Um, and it was our first experience of of Zoo Nation as a family, and I absolutely loved it right from the beginning. When on a, someone uh, uh, before the show, you heard on the, the sound someone saying, uh, "This isn't ordinary theatre. This is hip hop theatre," and and the crowd went mad. And I thought, "This is brilliant!" And then on you came and your brilliant uh, comrades, and we all loved it. But particularly my son Dexter, who like three or four years old, or whatever, absolutely adored it. And we thought, "God, this is interesting that he's really gone for this." And of course, then. I suddenly thought, partly inspired by Dexter's reaction, I thought what we need in our show is someone that has that skill and that world if we're going to try and reach a very wide audience in the show. So then, as you know, we then started to, uh, I think we approached Zoo Nation and said, can you recommend some people? And and you were on that list. And 
I don't know if you remember this, but me and, and my dear late friend, our colleague, Stephen Harper, who was in the show, I said, Steve, you need to come and audition with me, you know, and so they meet someone who's in it. And we got a room somewhere, I think down in Houston. And I remember you coming in and we'd asked you to prepare a, a physical sequence. Or and then you did this extraordinary sequence. And me and Steve were like, wow. And, uh, and, then, and then I remember when you went out the room, Steve said, I was really worried because the roof is quite low and he sprang so high. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go through the roof. Wow! Um, I just remember him saying that, and then, and then of course, and then of course, you joined us in in as a, in two roles really, which you do as a performer and as a choreographer, and 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 obviously, our work in some ways is very different to some of the work you do. It, it may be more theatre, and it mixes things. It mixes dance and comedy and yeah. physical comedy. What what was it like when you? kind of first joined us because it was probably a bit of a different step for you wasn't it yeah it was if i'm correct that was 2013 i believe or 20 yes 25 yeah i was 10 10 years ago i was uh 17 18 at the time wow Uh, it was my uh, first show outside of the Nation show that i can remember um so i also remember coming to the audition and i also remember how low the roofs were because (laughs) in my mind it's just a mental memory that i always remember um but it was it was so eye-opening for me and obviously being at that age having having an opportunity to perform at the barbican and to meet new people and explore um theater in a different way which isn't maybe so um, dance heavy and there are other aspects and other skills that are involved in the show was really eye-opening for me i didn't really know what to expect um and i remember coming to the audition and having to rip the sleeves or sleeve oh, yeah. and do a few of those scenes and the hat tricks and stuff but i just remember having a joy in myself of wow, this is, this is, I'm really enjoying myself. This is amazing. And it just, it opened up my eyes to a whole different world of fear and a whole different side of things. And I think for me, it also gave me an opportunity to um, develop who I was outside of the nation and gave myself a personal opportunity to obviously choreograph and perform in a show like that. It's a show I hold very dear to my heart. Well, you're a very, very special part of it. And, and the joy for me was certainly, um, you know, the two seasons at the Barbican, but the fact that we, you know, as a group, we got to go to the amazing China gig at the amazing. China and Beijing Comedy Festival. And, and also a joy for me was seeing a lot of those Chinese audiences absolutely adore you, you know, when you're in the show going, my God, what, you know. So it, it was a fabulous journey. And, and I, I, I look forward to seeing you. We, we re-rehearse uh, uh, once more to, to bring it to the barbecue. Amazing. Um, at this point, uh, Mikey, we have a, 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 a section which we call Ask an Idiot where someone from the public, when they've seen who the guest is, is keen to ask a question. So uh, let's hear that question now, please. Hi, um, my name is Zoe. I'm a dancer and I'm an actor. And I just had a question for Mikey. What choreographers inspired you in the past to get into choreography? And what choreographers sort of still inspire you to this day? Um, And why? (laughs) Obviously. Thank you. What an interesting question, and I actually love this question because I get to talk about people that inspired me. Um, so I think from a young age, hip-hop or street dance was seen in a certain light. It was like very much popping, locking, breaking, and there was a there was a lot of consensus about how it should have been done. There is a lady called uh, Chanel Fergus, who actually works for Zunation now, um, and she was our manager when I was in boy band. Her movement and a friend of mine, Jack Pointer McKenzie, really changed my idea of what dance could be. And I never came from a contemporary background or a ballet background or a technically trained um, background, but it opened up my eyes to movement and dance as a whole. So I'd definitely say those two are very inspirational figures in my choreographic journey. 
and also a couple from America called Fiona Marie uh, Madrid and they how they story tell through their movement again was was really uh enjoyable for me to watch and I learned so much from watching them yeah. so probably those four would be my, my top four if I had to choose well I'm going to go and look at them as I'm sure many other listeners will and then I have something expected because unexpected so I'm not expected unexpected I'm currently in a show at the RSC performing called Cowboys. One of my lovely colleagues in the show is Michael Elcott. Yes. Uh, uh, as you know, a dear friend of yours. And he said, please, can I ask Mikey a question? So this is, on from, this is from Michael to you. He says, ask Mikey, what was your best and worst experience of performing in Groove On Down the Road? <laughs> and if you can't answer this, if it's, if it's too risque, yeah. then and yeah. Michael's winding you up. That, uh, Whatever, but I, I thought I'd better pitch that question no, to you. No, of course. Uh, shout out, Michael Ocock. We love you. Um, best performance is a hard one. I always think press night or the last show of a run is, is very important. The energies are high. Everyone's in good spirit. So I'll definitely have to say one of those two for the best performance. I think one of the worst performances, and not because it's bad, just because it's funny, is um, <laughs> Michael Ocock. You remember this, but the, the time that I think it was Tom tried to roll over someone else's body and the role stopped halfway and they both kind of clapped and it was <laughs> it was during a moment where that was the only thing happening on stage uh so that was really funny and if not that it would be where sam perry's shoe came off and you tried to put it on for about two minutes like during the performance those are probably my worst ones michael elcock i hope you remember those but that's a funny memory <laughs> i will pass that back to him when i meet him before tonight show he's a wonderful <laughs> performer by the way mike he yeah, he's a very he very is. gifted uh, uh, actor Anyway, your, your, your career has gone in so many different ways, but I am fascinated by this production you're in at the moment, Mikey, called Free Your Mind. Is that correct? Free Your Mind? That's correct. Uh, which, what I've read about, and I've read a lot about it, because it sounds amazing, it's it's loosely based on The Matrix. Is that correct? Yeah, it's our interpretation of The Matrix and the world um, the world we live in today. So, yeah, it's definitely loosely based on The Matrix. Wow. And who who's adapted it or, or created it? Um, I believe it was designed by Es Devlin. Um, directed by Danny yeah. Boyle, Kenrick H. George Sandy from Boyle Blue has choreographed it and the scores by Mikey J. Um, it's been brought back. There's a lot of uh, moving parts and creatives from different areas coming together to make the show, but it's it's an experience. It's, it's For me, it's more than like a theatre show or a performance piece. It's a whole immersive experience from the moment you step into the venue. It sounds extraordinary. You mentioned the venue, but the venue sounds amazing. I mean, I've seen some photos and then I heard something on the radio where they describe this new venue in Manchester. Can you talk a bit about the venue? Because it sounds unlike anything I've heard of. It's, it's so it's so difficult to, to put into words. I've not performed in a in a space like this ever before in my life. Um, the venue itself is huge. It's very modern. It has a warehouse space and it also has an auditorium and there are other spaces within the building. Um, but it's the scale of it is is so so huge in comparison to anything I've ever seen before in the UK. And I think what an amazing. Uh, venues to have in Manchester for the community here and for the, the UK to enjoy. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. Someone, someone said, or I read somewhere, that one part of a venue is literally big enough to hold a 747 aeroplane. Yeah, that is correct. And that is the, we, we use that space in the second act of the show. Um, so we, we cover two spaces. We use the whole venue in wow. terms of performing. It's, it's a massive, it's a massive venue crazy the scale of it was crazy how many performers in the company Mikey? uh performers i believe there's between like 45 and 50 of us 50 dancers on the cast wow. yeah it's there it's, it's a very big cast probably the biggest cast i've been on in, in a long time um, and how long do you play in manchester for we play for another two weeks and so we finish on the 5th of november 
Um, we've played for about two weeks already. It's been a it's been a crazy experience. I've been living up here for three months, and it's coming towards the last leg of the contract now. And I mean, given the size of the show, does that mean it will only happen in Manchester, or, or will we get to see it in London or elsewhere, or what do you think? I I actually myself wish I knew more about uh, where where this could go yeah. and the potential behind it, but. I would love for it to be able to tour if there were venues that could accommodate or if we could adapt the show. Um, but it's, I would definitely love to be in this space and be in this world again. So fingers crossed, we can, we can hope for the best. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. And I'm, I'm really sad I can't get up to see it in Manchester. It sounds an extraordinary thing. Um, Mikey, it's been so lovely chatting to you. And to hear you talk about your craft and, and what dancing means and what it means to you, I think there's a lot of people who are going to find that very interesting. I certainly do. Thank As someone you. who's not a dancer, who, who, who enjoys moving, um, it's been really intriguing. Thank you very much. And I really look forward to seeing you next month. But we always finish in the same way, Mikey. Okay. I'm going to ask you seven rapid questions. You you answer the first thing that comes into your head. All right. Pepsi or Pepsi or Coke? Coke. The Great Wall of China or the Golden Gate Bridge? Great Wall of China. I hope I've got these two things right. I'll, I'll explain them for the listeners, and if I haven't, you can correct me. An aerial, which I think is a cartwheel with no hands. Correct. Or or a whip back, which is a backflip. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. I would say aerial. Uh, do you know, I really, I don't know what it is, but I find that very dramatic when someone does that. <laughs> I find it makes me go, oh my gosh. Anyway, um, <laughs> the next question. Everything, everywhere, all at once, or The Matrix? The Matrix, because I haven't actually seen everything, everywhere, all at once yet. I've heard green things, oh, but I haven't had oh. a chance to watch it. Mikey, you should see it. It's, it's on really my list. good. It's on my list. I really loved it, and the movement is extraordinary. Uh, Jay-Z or Tupac? Jay-Z. Speed or precision? Precision, every time. Film or theatre? Theatre. Mikey, have a great day, and I'll see you next month at the Barbican. Amazing. Thank you so much. Take care. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed this idiot podcast, please spread the word.